Hi, welcome to Living Well with Caitlin, a podcast with me, Caitlin Sule. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who specializes in using cognitive behavioral therapy and positive psychology to help people learn to let go of the ways of thinking and being that are holding them back or keeping them stuck from living their best life. In this podcast, I use my voice to share tips and tools from my own clinical experience, interviews from experts in the field of psychology, and my own personal insights around mental and emotional wellness to help support us learn to live well with whatever life throws our way. so happy to be here with you this week sharing a conversation that I got to have with my friend and colleague Emily Johnson. Emily Johnson is the co-founder of an app called Buddy. Buddy is a mental health app. It's not out yet, but it'll be out so soon. And I have actually had the pleasure of working on the project with Emily. This app is intended to sort of bridge the gap in the field of mental health and help more people access evidence-based effective and modern therapy so take a listen to emily as she shares how she came up with the idea for buddy and what the app is going to be like this is going to be great for therapists and for people who are looking for help for things like anxiety emily also shares her own story with anxiety and mental health and how she came to realize there must be something better and more I believe all great ideas come from, or most great ideas, come from our own experience. And this is a perfect example of somebody who was struggling and decided to, instead of looking for the answer, to create an answer herself. So I think you're going to love it. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Okay. So we have Emily Johnson here today, not here, right? Virtually, obviously. <laughs> I'm so excited to chat with her. Um, Emily and I, I've been working with her for a while now on this awesome new project she's working on. I have the honor and privilege to be a consultant on the project. So I wanted to um, talk with Emily today, share about the mental health app that she's creating and also talk about her own personal story because she's willing to do that here um, around her mental health. So Emily, thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to chat more. Um, I love all things mental health, so this is great. Yes. Yes, totally. I know. As soon as we, um, Emily reached out to me through a mutual friend and as soon as we connected, we got to like start nerding out on all things mental health and ever since then, <laughs> <laughs> it's been the thing we do. So cool. Well, Emily, tell us a little bit about, about who you are, um, a little bit about your journey towards creating the Buddy app and we'll just kind of start there. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually grew up in, in San Diego, um, and I definitely didn't appreciate my close proximity to the beach at that time, right. <laughs> which is something I, I'm missing dearly now, um, and made my way 
um, to New York and, and started my career in PR there um, and kind of hopped around to marketing and, and eventually um, landed at Fitbit, which I loved. I love that company and, and the team that I was working on. Um, and I had the privilege to, to launch a few products while I was there. Um, but that was also the, the backdrop to um, my first panic attack and experiencing anxiety as a disorder. Yeah. And really the beginning of, you know, this journey into mental health and um, really struggling for a year and a half initially, um, just when I, I didn't really know how to live with anxiety and, and all the things that we've talked so much about. Um, but it was definitely kind of this collision of uh, suddenly the way I was feeling was really impacting my professional life, my personal life. Um, and I, I, you know, knew I had to address it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm curious for you because I know panic, panic attacks. So I think statistically, most people experience at least one panic attack in their life, right? And some people experience mm -hmm. multiple. And I think in order for it to be panic disorder, I have to be looking at the DSM, but there's a certain amount of panic attacks that you have within a, you know, a period of time. Mm -hmm. For you, when you yeah. started having panic attacks, like how often were they, were they coming? And, and did you, um, the other thing I, I want to check in on too, because I think it's important for people to know is that panic disorder, mm -hmm. um, or sorry, panic attacks can be completely unprovoked. They can come completely out of the blue or they oh, yeah. can be triggered by something. So for you, which, which was it, or was it both? For, so for me, initially it was like completely out of the blue mm -hmm. <laughs> and I laughed because like, you know, I look back at that first panic attack I ever had and it was like I didn't know what was happening and it's such a physical sensation that if you haven't really like looked into it before or, like researched it or have had one before you you might not know what's happening and you start just thinking the worst like I thought I was going to pass out yeah um, I didn't understand why I was about to faint because I was like well I feel fine like you know like maybe if you um, are really sick or have the flu you can feel a little faintish so it was yeah. like that but so intense and so strong and just kind of came out of nowhere. I was at a friend's house. We were having brunch. So it was like a very like relaxed situation. Um, and so that didn't really make sense to me either. And I, I had to excuse myself because um, I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and having a medical emergency here, but. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my heart's beating so fast. I'm getting really sweaty. Yeah. And um, by the time I, I, I walked home and I got home and I was like, that was so weird you know, hopefully that doesn't happen again. And even then I didn't know what it was or what had just happened. But I think kind of like once the first one happened, those floodgates kind of opened. And so in the next month, I think I had pretty much a panic attack every week. Ugh. And that's when I reached out to my primary care physician um, because I thought something was wrong with me, like something was wrong with my heart or like, <laughs> Yeah, of course. still like That's still wasn't clued in. Thing people think right is, um, yeah, with my heart. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Because it just feels so much in, more intense than kind of your everyday stress. Yeah. Um. So I go in and I I love um, my doctor and she was like, you know, smiling like, oh, this is very likely anxiety and you were probably just having a panic attack and I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something wrong with my heart. Um. And so she actually ordered me an ECG just to like prove to me that nothing was wrong with my heart and nothing was wrong with me in general. It's very right. normal and common, but um, so 
so that but was yeah finally I, I believe that like confirmation which so many people need and so many people's story is they go to the er in fact i i could be wrong on this yes. one of the number one reasons people go to the emergency room is for panic attacks because they think they're having a heart attack oh. you're so not alone yes. you know that yeah I have a friend who did just that. Like it's, I'm sure also a story that's been told many times before. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I've told it on here, but my first, it, I don't get thankfully panic attacks very often, but I do get them sometimes. And I remember mm -hmm. my very first one, a similar was in high school. I was a senior in high school and, you know, had a lot of stuff going on in my life, getting ready to, you know, go off to college. Like, I don't know, just all the things. Mm -hmm. And I remember yeah. all of a sudden getting this crazy chest pain and like, I, I went home from school and I'm laying on my couch and I just remember thinking like, this is it. I'm dying. Like, how am I dying <laughs> yeah. at, you know, six, 17 years old and my heart. Right. So I called my dad. He came home from work, took me to the hospital, went to the ER and same thing. They were like, nope, um, this is a panic attack. And I couldn't believe it. I was, I didn't believe it. I yeah. was like, nope, I think they're wrong. Like, I'm not stressed. Right. And it's just so right. how our body our body knows, right? Our body manifesting yeah. in, in really um, unexpected ways. So for you, it sounds similar. You're beginning the beginning of your journey. Yeah. Totally. And I think, you know, looking back now and reflecting on that time period, it was very, a very stressful work environment. Mm -hmm. And I think it was this kind of idea that like I could hold it together until that product I was working on was launched. And it was pretty much the week after. And not that anything had gone wrong, but I think oh. I was just like holding this all in and suddenly it was just like, boom. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, the exhaustion, the amount of like mental energy and effort that goes into it, all the things, mm -hmm. your, your body just knows, okay, it's time to let down and, and then it does. Yeah. yeah. And, and really not taking care of myself and not implementing um, a good exercise routine, a good sleep routine. Um, all I wasn't eating there. very well. Like it was just, you know, yeah. quick, fast meals because of everything. And so yeah. I think it was a little bit of that perfect storm. Absolutely. So tell us what, um, when you went to the physician, they, they gave you the EKG, which mm -hmm. common, they told you you're fine. This is anxiety. What were the next? Yeah. So from there, I mean, she immediately recommended, um, uh, some therapist and a relaxation coach. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't that I was against therapy or afraid to go I've been before or I'd been before that too loved it but it was just that and this is also I'm sure a story yeah we've all heard before too yeah. at that point in my life I could not fit it into my schedule you know like I was I had this crazy work schedule yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then trying to find a therapist in San Francisco who has hours between you know six and eight like after work was it's near impossible um and then on top of that like it, it's so expensive and so I I just was like okay you know it since I can't really do therapy right now I'm just gonna figure this out myself you know I'm sure like I'm pretty type a I can yeah. quote unquote control this and, and like solve this problem right I'm gonna use all my resources and figure this baby out yeah yes yeah and, and so I think then you know what I kind of did was I turned to what's available online for free, which, you know, there are amazing resources out there, but it's so much information um, and not a lot of guidance. And, and so, you know, and I, I downloaded all the stress relief apps, which are, are really great for stress relief, but they are not a treatment for anxiety or depression. No. Um, and I think sometimes I would feel really 
you know, discouraged because I would meditate for 10 minutes and I would feel worse. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> Why is this working? Why am I not bend like, out right now? Yeah. It's like, you're getting a tiny little slice of the big mental health pie. Right. And that's what I think of it. Mm-hmm. Just a slice of the pie. And it's a good little slice, but it's not the whole thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I think people can get confused. Like I'm doing the things and it's not working. Yes. And it's, you know, what I didn't understand then and what I do understand now is that, you know, mental health takes work in the same way that your physical health does. There is absolutely no quick fix out there. (laughs) There is never going to be a a meditation that you do and you're going to be instantly cured. Um, And also my perspective has changed too. And, you know, the reason for that is I naturally turn to my best friend during this time for help. And she's also um, getting her PhD in clinical psychology and is my co-founder. Um, and you know, you know her well, Caitlin. Um, and she was the one who really kind of helped me understand like anxiety is not something for you to control because it's very normal. It's, it's just a human emotion like any other one. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to learn how to live with it. Um, and, and tools that you can do and implement, and it's going to take time and commitment and effort, but you can get to a place where you can definitely still, you know, do the things that you want in life while doing it and feeling anxious. Yes. Yes. You can live well with anxiety, right? That's the whole Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so, gosh, what a gift. Like you call her, you start kind of confiding in her about your struggle, which is a natural thing to do. And, and she kind of really helps you shift your perspective and mindset on anxiety because so many of us were taught to avoid the emotions, right? And we still do in many ways, avoid the emotions that are difficult or challenging Mm -hmm. hard. So anxiety just feels like it's a bad thing, right? I don't want to have it. Whereas I, what I, I love that, you know, the normalizing of it, it's just a part of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that started, when you made that mindset shift, what did you do differently with your treatment then? So at that point, then I think I started understanding that like, no matter how much Googling I'm going to do, I'm not going to solve this <laughs> without a professional. Um, and so I, I, a year after my provider, my, my primary care physician mm-hmm. recommended a relaxation coach to me, I finally reached out to her. She was a wonderful woman mm-hmm. and really helped me um, just like understand like the commitment it takes to improve your mental health and, and taught me a lot of relaxation techniques and it was a great experience but it she was not a therapist okay everybody. no and so okay yeah that's exactly like that's what she she referred to herself as um and that was helpful and I think enough for yeah. me but overall the whole experience took a year and a half it was such a time commitment it was very expensive in the end I was still paying you know a similar price as if I had seen um, a traditional therapist Mm -hmm. and that's kind of when me and my co-founder were thinking about this, like there just has to be another option because there's so many people out there who just can't afford therapy. They can't make the time for it. And, and there's really good reasons for why therapy is is so costly, which, you know, we, we could go into or not, but I totally understand that. Um, And so that's why we just thought like, you know, between my background in marketing and tech, and and her expertise um we wanted to create something better and and and, and you know because you've been helping us out with that too um yeah. 
I think it's, it's like, it was like the perfect storm of your tech background, your own personal experience with um, anxiety, and then her, you know, expertise in psychology coming together. Like I, that, that just, I think that was the absolute perfect storm. Um, sorry, my, oh my gosh, my phone's going crazy, everyone. Let me put that. <laughs> um, no worries. Yeah. And um I think when you, to kind of point to talking about um, the cost of therapy, it, it can be really costly, especially when you're meeting with, or you choose a therapist who specializes in treating anxiety disorders or cognitive behavioral therapy or any evidence mm-hmm. therapy. Um, and that's just the reality, right? That's just is what it is. Yeah. So while we can do what we yeah. can to like lower costs for certain people or offer sliding scale, the point is not everybody can access therapy in the traditional way, which is why I loved, I have loved this opportunity to be a part of the project is because, Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone's on their phone all the time these days, right? We might as well access mental health, um, where like meet them where they're at. Right. And so beyond just the cost, I think the accessibility of the mental health through the app, um, it, like you said, time constraints and things like that, it's just such a, um, it's going to be so impactful. So tell us a little bit about it. Let's talk about the Buddy app. Yeah. So, you know, the idea of Buddy is to be this future digital platform that's going to help extend the reach and the impact of mental health providers Mm -hmm. to really meaningfully address the mental health crisis. Um, We basically believe that, you know, like the best way to improve your mental health is through the experts, through the providers like you. Mm -hmm. But you have limited time to give, you know, like yeah. you guys, I mean, pretty much I do think mental health providers are superhuman, but <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, there's only so many, so many hours you can dedicate to clients every week. Without um, burning out yourself, you have to make, right? Yeah, exactly. Without completely burning out, which is, you know, therapist burnout is a huge problem. It is. Um, believe me. Yeah. And I, and you know, and which is why I think being, I think that, you know, therapist like for me I know trying to only schedule a certain amount of people a week it's tempting to schedule more believe me financially mm-hmm. but it just doesn't help it, like it's not good for me and it's not good for my clients so this is a real issue for therapists burnout and over scheduling yeah totally and you know what we want to do is help provide the tools to providers to help you streamline your practice so you're spending more time with your clients and less time running the business Um, prioritizing your time so that, you know, you can save your in-person hours for patients who have more severe symptoms Mm -hmm. and maybe provide care in a different way for those with milder symptoms Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately, you know, help you help more people. Yeah. 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 It's so cool. I'm so, I hope for any of my therapist friends listening, um, I, yeah, I mean, this is going to be such a cool thing. And already for me, as we've been talking about buddy, I'm just getting so excited to use it myself truly, because, um, I actually was just Googling hiring a virtual assistant because like, there's just so much that goes into running a practice, especially a, a solo practice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I'm like, um, I just need a little extra help sometime. And then also let's talk about the, um, this is one of my favorite parts of the idea of the buddy app is how so many more therapists are entering into this, like, um, this season of wanting to be more creative or wanting to offer online resources for people. So let's talk about how buddy can help therapists do that potentially. Exactly. So, you know, one of the tools that we want to provide is a way for mental health providers to create digital courses as easily as 
making an Instagram video. Mm-hmm. And we've noticed that too. Um, we've seen there's a, a thriving community of providers on social media. Um, I can see these providers integrating different digital tools into their practice. And not only is that going to help, you know, make you more effective um, and streamlined, but it's what your clients expect too. Yeah. Um, they're going to want to use tools like that. They're going to want things on their phone. They're going to want to use apps. Um, and so what we are creating is just a way for you to really easily create digital courses, say, around anxiety, um, where you can record videos about different themes of anxiety that a client would watch every week. Mm-hmm. And then that would unlock certain evidence-based tools for them to do and mm-hmm. worksheets all within the app. So you're not, you know, taking hours to find worksheets that were created a decade ago and printing them out, having your clients lose them. Yes. <laughs> um, that whole, whole jam. So Spending a half hour just, on the coffee machine because you can't figure out how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it's, it's not great. Um, so yeah. we're just really modernizing that experience and, and packaging it up in an app, which is, is what your clients are going to want. Um, it's going to help them reach their treatment goals. Um, more efficiently. It's going to help you understand their progress. It's going to help them understand their progress so that they stay engaged in the therapy. Yep. Um, and again, the idea is that, you know, these digital courses definitely aren't the right fit for every client, but they could be great for someone with milder symptoms or someone who can't afford your full fee. Yeah. Um, and that way, again, you can prioritize your time um, and really, you know, make your in-person hours as um, effective as possible and save them for those patients who who require that extra care yes and exactly and so many therapists that i admire and follow and you know social media i actually just talked with one of them last week i interviewed um uh tony oswegan she's a trauma specialist out of seattle but she is one of the therapists that's trying to implement you know these courses i know tiffany rowe um is doing the same thing kimberly quinlan yeah there's so many therapists out there that are doing it in a big way. I'm starting, I'm starting some courses or trying, you know, to, um, in very little free time. And this is exactly where buddy so helpful because I, it's just for somebody who's creative and loves to create content. I don't want to have to be bogged down by the technological side of things. And so, or figuring out, okay, which platform do I use? There's just so many options. So that right. part of it is not only it's from the therapist from the therapist point of view amazing but also from the client's point of view like i think it's just going to offer so much more access and you brought up a good point for people with milder symptoms the courses would be great but also in in any online courses or webinars or great. You can find so many of them now, but also for people who are just wanting to work on them themselves, right. Who are wanting to do mm-hmm. like personal growth or personal development, um, yeah. or needing a little bit of a booster. Cause maybe they did therapy five years ago and they're finding themselves struggling. And totally. yeah. Yeah. Like a, a maintenance course. Like I, I have my own kind of cobbled together maintenance course that I, I do regularly, but yeah. Um, I would love that to be something that I could check off on my phone and, and just kind of do in a place that's really convenient for me as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so cool. And then um, as far as I, the other, other thing I wanted to chat about is I think you've done such a great job because I know I've you know been on sort of the um, inside of it is that you've done some really um, – 
uh, what do I want to say? Some, some great research around um, mm -hmm. not only what therapists are needing or wanting, but also um, evidence-based tools and evidence-based therapy. So anything that's going to be on Buddy, right, is going to be um, originating from either cognitive behavioral therapy or ex acceptance and commitment mm -hmm. therapy. Is that right? Tell us more about Yes, that. definitely. That's, yeah, definitely one of our, our core values is to, you know, stick with the science and we want Buddy to stand for, you know, accessible mental health care. And, and for us, that means that this is a platform for um, qualified mental health providers, meaning licensed providers, and the tools are all going to be evidence-based because that, that means we know that they work. Um, and we want, you know, clients and, and patients to come to Buddy understanding that this is the place where I can get real long-term help. Mm. Um, and they don't have to do any more of that digging and Googling that I did where, you know, you, you get a lot of information, but you're, you're not really sure if it's credible right. or if this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So we want to stop that. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, when you bring up for anyone listening who who maybe doesn't know like what is this evidence-based what, what that means is basically that um, research has shown that it's effective and why that matters is because we don't have any other way to measure how people are doing or if it's helping and so um, while mm -hmm. I think I think there's so many different types of really effective therapy I specialize in CBT but I love so many different types of therapy and think they're effective for different types of people so I'm not saying that it, if you don't do AC or CBT therapy, it's not like good enough. I'm just saying that I value, and I think this is this is where you guys are coming from too. We value the the science, and we value like, yeah. hey, if I'm going to be paying this for therapy, I want to know that this is actually going to help. Um, right. I, I want to yeah. hope that people have put a lot of thought and and research into um, the tools that they're disseminating. So yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. What else do you want to tell us about Buddy? This is so fun. <laughs> I think, you know, I think the other thing that was really um, shocking to me that I've learned just by talking to providers all over the country is um, some of the effects of telehealth that were, that aren't really apparent. Like if you look at the news right now, you, you, you know, check out telehealth and it's clear that like, it's been an amazing tool and a way for you to continue, you know, treating your own clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, as we all go into lockdown and it allows you to continue that therapy and care. But what isn't really talked about yet, and I think it will be more and more, is how so many clients out there can no longer continue their therapy just because of their own financial insecurity. Yeah. People are losing their jobs, their insurance. Um, I've heard in some states that telehealth will no longer be covered by insurance as early as June, mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy. <laughs> and, and without getting the politics of that, isn't that convenient, right? For insurance. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so, and that's what really scares me is that, you know, there's so many people out there who just abruptly are, are losing their kind of access and connection to their therapist. Um, and that's where we feel the urgency to get Buddy out there as quickly as possible because, you know, if you, if you aren't able to pay that, that full fee of therapy anymore, at least there's something, another option out there that's, mm -hmm. you know, not as, um, you know, full as, as the experience of therapy is, but at least you have a way to access evidence-based care through a digital course or something like that um, at a price that you can afford until hopefully 
you get a new job and you get insurance again. Um, but that was what was so shocking is, you know, how many therapists I spoke to who lost a significant amount of their clients to um, the shift in telehealth. Yes. The shift in telehealth. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to point out because you brought up like, it's not as full as the at full as the experience of therapy. And I, I don't think that's necessarily true. And I'm probably going to make some therapists mad here, but here's why I think therapy, I think therapy, um, is a beautiful process and clearly I believe in it, right? I'm a therapist, but Mm -hmm. I am not naive to the fact, and I don't think any of us should be naive to the fact that therapy isn't the only answer in the traditional form. And I think that's so much of what, you know, what, why I started this podcast, why I started my social media page is I want to, and, and why I believe so much in buddy is I want to be able to broaden, um, how people access mental health. And it doesn't have to be in a weekly 50 minute session to be good. Right. And I think that's, right. that's really important to, to highlight too. And I know you believe that, no, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's okay to say, and I tell my people all the time, Hey, therapy is great, but it's not the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It really, you know, like, are there more ways that we can provide unique solutions to how unique clients are? And, you know, different people have different needs and different care options are going to work for them and their price point, but still be just as effective for them. And I think that's what I found in my, my case as well is like, I, although panic attacks are are horrible, Mm -hmm. I I do think that I have more, a mild to moderate, I experience anxiety in a more mild to moderate way. Um, I wouldn't categorize it as severe. And so I think the care that I found was enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, because some people need medication in combination with therapy. Mm-hmm. Some people need right. less, some people need more. So everybody has their unique needs when it comes to this. And there's no shame in either, right? Like there right. are, you know, plenty of people who do really, really well. In fact, most people um, do best on a combination of medication and therapy when it comes to the more yeah. severe um anxiety disorders and mental health issues. So yeah, yeah my, my question for you is like um, in your own personal life where you're at right now with your anxiety and like, tell me a little bit about how, cause I know you and I have had conversations about this. How has like your training and how to deal with anxiety helped you right now deal with all the uncertainty around the pandemic? You know, I know and it's so crazy, but um, after, you know, kind of learning different skills and tools and techniques and, and really implementing um, a routine every day that mm-hmm. includes, you know, going to bed at a certain time and doing some kind of exercise, even if it's just like a 10 minute walk. Yeah. Um, and having this routine in place for about a year, as we entered this pandemic, I noticed the strangest thing how, you know, because I, I definitely am more prone to anxiety, clearly. Right. Um, for some reason, I was kind of able to remain pretty even keeled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I noticed that some of my family and friends who don't experience anxiety suddenly now were kind of struggling with it because they're facing this huge amount of uncertainty for the first time. And I think experiencing anxiety in the way that I have experienced it previously and so many other people have it as well. Mm-hmm. But what was different is that I kind of had these like coping skills in place and I already had this routine and I, I knew the feeling. I was like, oh yeah, I recognize that. It's just anxiety, yeah, <laughs> which I feel all the time. And so um, I've just, I've been really grateful that I've had these um, skills kind of already in place and not to say that I haven't had those moments of 
course, yeah. Intense fear and anxiety and, and even sadness um, for the change that's happening. But I do feel like pretty well equipped, you know, yeah. in the face of this uncertainty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think I wanted to bring that up because I think your experience of so many, myself and so many of my clients have experienced similar things. Like um, all of a sudden everybody for a great reason is talking about uncertainty and struggling with it. And yep. um, for so many of my clients with anxiety disorders are like, oh, this is the world I live in. Like oh, I know. Yeah, this, yeah. I know I've got <laughs> good at practicing how to be with uncertainty. Um even my OCD clients, which I think is, is they have this um, like kind of moment of, wow, the whole rest of the world is starting to look like they have OCD. Like, I don't feel like I'm so alone. Right. And they're like, I, yeah. I have a client who's like, oh, I want to tell people like, don't do that. That's going to make it so much worse. And I, and I was kind of, we were kind of laughing together because it's true. It's that suddenly so much of the world um, is experiencing anxiety, maybe not for the first time, but definitely in a more intense way than they have before. Right. So I think now more than ever, we need to help people um, learn that anxiety isn't something to get rid of. It's something to learn to live with and something to, that mm -hmm. you can live well with. Yeah. Totally. And absolutely. And I think that, that is kind of like that breakthrough is like just understanding, understanding that you can do both. You know, you can still like go after your goals, and just be anxious and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or whatever, insert whatever emotion you're struggling yeah. with. Like yeah. it, you can do both. Yeah. Um, you know, even be unmotivated. That's a big thing too. And I think that, um, you know, I think to know that it will pass, like it, it's not, you mm -hmm. know, is that the, the, the craziest thing happens. And this is what I know you talk a lot about on buddy is that when you learn to sit with and be with uncertainty in your anxiety, it actually does start to dissipate. And it's like this yeah. we're doing it so that we can get rid of anxiety, but it's this parallel relationship. But like, you know, it's like, well, somehow simultaneously as I'm learning to practice sitting with it, it gets less and less intense. And I think you don't know that until you experience it. And it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot too, I think, um, just a lot of emotions, I think, in this time that kind of come out of nowhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think another good learning too um, is just how to just kind of like forgive yourself and, and give yourself a lot of compassion and allow those feelings to like pass through you, whatever they might be. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's also been something too that I kind of have like learned throughout my journey with mental health and anxiety um and I think it also just goes to show too that like it's so important to establish these skills and techniques before you experience mm. a mental health disorder wow. um and I think the more that we continue to talk about mental health in general and um try to prioritize it as much as physical health and and right. help people who maybe don't have a disorder but understand that like you know, you should be putting work and effort towards this and you should be, you know, trying to implement some kind of mental health routine. Right. Instead um, of waiting until it's a crisis or until it gets really. Right. Bad. Yes. Yeah. I just being more proactive that, about it. Absolutely. And that's what I was pointing to like with buddy and personal growth. I think it's like more of this, maybe that's a better 
a better way to say it is this idea of um, I'm like building up my, you know, building up my brain really to be able to handle these uh, mental health struggles as they come up so that when they do come up, I'm prepared, right? Just like yeah, yeah. I'm training for the marathon before I run the marathon, I'm getting ready for right. it. And I think that that's right. So it, I, I love that analogy of, you know, um, physical, you know, training for physical fitness, just like mental fitness. And that needs to be the conversation more often than it is right now. And I think we're right. Shifting. I think we are. Yes. It's really hopeful that we are. Yeah. Cool. Well, I so appreciate your time. Um, and it's been such a pleasure to get to work with you. I'm so excited for what's, what's coming in the near future. Tell people where they can follow you or where they can follow Buddy and, and stay up to date with what's going on there with the app. Yeah. So you can check us out at, um, at Buddy Mind Coach on Instagram. Uh -huh. um, and if you're a provider and you're interested in participating in our beta or just hearing updates from us, you can sign up for a mailing list at buddymindcoach.com. Great. Yeah. Definitely recommend that to providers. Um, like I said, it's going to be a great tool for us to use and I'm really excited about it. So thank you, Emily. Um, it was wonderful to have you on and we wish you the best. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thanks. Bye. Okay. I'll, Bye. I'll like, I'll, um, I'll trim it there. Are you there? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Wasn't there like if you had to like pause and then stop recording? Oh, no, I think I, I can trim it. Um, at least on Anchor, I I hope you can. Yeah, pause here. Thanks for being here today and for taking the time to listen. I hope that this podcast found you exactly where it needed to today and that it gave you some more clarity or information around a topic that you've been curious about and then inspired you or has you thinking about taking action in some way. If you want some more resources or more content like this, head over to my website, PetalumaCBT.org. You can find information about my practice, what it working one-on-one -on -one with me or another therapist on my team. You can also sign up for my monthly newsletter, which is a great resource for you, um, CB, giving you CBT-based tips and tools around wellness. And you can also follow me, of course, on Instagram at livingwell underscore with Caitlin, where I post on the daily. Cheers.